Welcome to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast where seeing things differently inspires limitless possibilities. The Limitless podcast was created in order to inform, educate, entertain, and share stories from within the blind and partially sighted community that show that the opportunities for those who are blind or partially sighted are truly limitless. And now, it is my pleasure to introduce you to your host, the founder of Blind Beginnings, Sean Marcelet. Welcome back to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. I'm your host, Sean Marcelet. Thank you for joining us again this week. Today, we're talking about our youth leadership program, and this is a special episode. I don't know if you have been listening for a while. We did an episode um, back, I guess, in August about Camp Hornby with clips of some of the program interspersed throughout. And that is our plan for today's episode. We just had our youth leadership weekend um, about 10 days ago, and we captured some audio recordings. So you're going to get to hear firsthand what the youth experienced over that weekend. And with me today is Keisha. Welcome back to the podcast, Keisha. Hello. 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 So Keisha, you participated in the Youth Leadership Weekend many, many years ago, and now you're helping to plan and implement it. How is that for you? It's crazy. Um, It's always crazy to attend like an event um, and then uh, and then help plan the event because, you you know, it's as an attendee. I mean, the beauty of, of really good event planning is the attendees don't really know what happened behind the scenes, but we I have had the um, opportunity to help planning, and it is uh, definitely lots of planning. <laughs> yes. And lots of um, hard work. Fun Beginnings has been putting in for years and years now, and I get to see it, and it is very exciting. Yeah. Well, it's great for us to have somebody who was a participant to be involved in the planning because you know firsthand like what what was great and what wasn't and what was boring and what should change and boy has the program changed it and even since i did the program um it has changed a lot mm-hmm. yeah and it's very very cool yeah so our youth leadership program began in 2010 and initially it was just the in-person weekend so youth would come from around the province for three days to learn some leadership skills And it was a lot of sitting and listening and talking and a lot of interactive conversations. We did take transit. We did move, you know, from the hotel to the office each day. And we went to restaurants and we did some team building activities. But there was still a lot of sitting and talking. And after COVID, things changed a lot because we couldn't have an in-person training weekend for uh, 2020 or 2021. Uh, so we incorporated this virtual training and realized that, Hey, this is great because we can actually get a lot of the talking parts done before they come in person, which means that we can spend the majority of the in-person time actually practicing independence, orientation and mobility, um, kitchen skills, self-advocacy, all the things that we talk about in the virtual training, we can actually do in the in-person. So the program now has this two parts, virtual in the fall, in-person in the spring. And uh, I think it's, I don't know, I think it was fantastic this year. I might be biased though. I agree. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, so you, Keisha, had the pleasure of, uh, well, I don't know if it was a pleasure, recording all throughout the weekend, carrying around a recorder to capture the clips. What was that like for you? It was really fun. It was it was a case of being very engaged as to, like, you know, I didn't want to record too much um, because I, I, you know, our poor guy, Rob, would have had a lot of work to do, uh, which he already did, but... Um, but I was, it was a case of being really tuned into the conversations around me and the exciting things that were, I'm kind of thinking ahead, looking, thinking about the schedule. Okay, maybe, you know, we're going to do this this activity or this um, discussion. I need to make sure I'm set up so that we can catch this because you just never know what kind of um, gems are going to come up in the conversation. Um, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was just a case of running around trying to get as close to the speaker as possible and I have my guide dog so he was running around at the end. I was a little chaotic but it was definitely fun. Well I think you did fantastic because it's I don't think I ever heard you say wait stop let me come over there okay start speaking again like it was very natural and everybody sort of forgot that you were recording which meant that we were able to truly capture the what it feels like to be at the weekend and just sort of the relaxed atmosphere and the camaraderie and the laughing and the side jokes and all of it so and that was definitely the the hope um i was just ever so quietly trying to you know sneak around and i only ran into a few tables probably that you know it might be captured in there but yeah <laughs> awesome so we jumped in like we we all met up on friday morning at the hotel um and the first order of business was pretty much to figure out how to get up to simon fraser university and we were heading up there for a mobility scavenger hunt and we also met up with some of our youth alumni who are blind students at sfu uh so our group, our, our youth leader group could meet some some university students to ask questions about what it's like to go to SFU when you're blind, uh, what are the services like, but also we split up into groups and uh, had to find a bunch of things. And I think we have a clip of um, when we got back from SFU, kind of going back through the list of things that everybody was supposed to find. So it might be fun to listen to that here. There was a something taqueria and the waffle cafe. Um, the game, this is the trick question. Uh, the game in Convocation Mall. Well, it was foosball, but we chose beer pong. Because of the tables. Beer, beer pong? Since it used to here. Well, there were tables and they were not clean. So here we are. Yeah. All right. And the unique item, west of the circular fountain. Um, that was a... Dragon boat. Yep. A dragon boat? Piano. It was a piano. It was a piano. A dragon boat? It was a piano. It was a piano. It was a piano. You're sure not? You shouldn't answer? Yeah, that was the wrong... The, the other thing is a bonus. Yeah. I'm impressed that you found a dragon boat. Did you do any of the bonus ones? Yeah, we did. All of them. Okay, and the fruit statue? Avocado. That was cool. Yeah, it was. At SFU. Yep. <laughs> wow. It was somewhere on campus. campus. Just past the Terry Fox statue. Yeah, oh, no, just before cool. it, just before it. Yeah. <laughs> Lots um, of cool things. The unique item at the AQ. Could it be the dragon boat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And did you take a different route coming back? Yes, we did. We took um, the catwalk path that went above. Mm. Yeah, it was a different route. Okay. That can right. for it was us. on the north side, the, the mm -hmm. catwalk that led to the back of the bus. What was the scavenger hunt like for you? We were not in the same group. How was your group? How did they do? So our group, um, we had a, uh, I don't know about your group, but we had a few little extra uh, side side bonus challenges to complete as we had a few members of our group um, who had some like additional mobility uh, challenges that, that, that made it so that we needed to make sure we found the most accessible route possible, mm -hmm. um, which is, you know, a great thing to try to keep in mind when navigating these these places. So it was a case of you know finding ramps, finding elevators, um, as well as also the initial scavenger hunt components that were already everybody had to find. Um, I think it was a lot of fun. SFU campus is wild. There's staircases that are just yes. like in the middle of nowhere with no railings. Yes. Um, there's like we walked across a path. I don't think it had railings, and it was like zigzagging like over a pond. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I was just like, I just like to my dog, and I was like, yeah, this is your time, bud. Like, <laughs> uh, and he did great. Um, but yeah, I was like, I was like, wow, everybody, please use your canes and do your wide arcs. Exactly. Because, uh, you might be like, you know, this is this is a challenge, and but it was a really good example of how like the world is not necessarily you know there's not it's not necessarily the most accessible uh thing and not everything is you know you just gotta use your canes you gotta use your you know work to your dog for their sport um and then yeah no we we had to use our ears we had to find landmarks that were tactile auditory you know multi-sensory as you would when you're navigating out in the out in the, out in the world with the visual improvement so it was very uh it, it, it was a lot yeah, and I think that, I mean, that was part of the point is learning to use landmarks like SFU has a giant avocado, which I don't think I, I you know, if I was a student there, I might have walked past it every day and not known it was there unless somebody pointed it out to me. But then once you know that, you can use that to help orient to other things. The avocado, I feel like, was close to that sketchy bridge, zigzaggy bridge. So, you know, if you know... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> or or like a fountain can cue you as to which part of the courtyard you're in or a piano playing. You know, there was actually a piano at one point. So if you hear if you hear anybody playing that piano, that might help you figure out which direction you're headed. So I think it was really great. Um, yeah, our, my group had a good time and each group had an SFU student helping out a little bit, but it was interesting to see what the blind student knew and what they didn't know. And a, <laughs> some of the things were new to him as well. So we had fun though. Yeah, it was it, it was super interesting for me as a person who attended a much smaller university where I totally pretty much knew where almost everything was. And then, you know, we're, we're out here and, and even our SFU uh, representative in our group knew lots of stuff, but to not every single thing i was like oh this is a huge campus right yeah so from there we made our way back to the blind beginnings office and every time we traveled somewhere the youth had to figure out what the best route was for our travel so they were using google maps and they were using um 
could be asking directions. It could, you know, but they had to help us figure out what was the best way. So yes, we ha also have to think about accessibility and getting onto the SkyTrain. And uh, you were on the SkyTrain yesterday, right? It was an elevator. Um, there, you, there are elevators at every station, so providing that the elevators work, yes. we can get on. Yeah. But yeah. we have to walk a long ways as well. Okay, so that's the thing that we have to walk a long ways, right? We have to walk all. We have to walk one point six kilometers. That's right. So in terms of accessibility, maybe taking two buses might be better because it gets you closer. Yeah, and we would only have to walk one hundred fifty meters, which is like five minutes. So from SFU, we made our way back to the Blind Beginnings office, and then it was time for each of the youth to come up with a goal for the weekend. So I had given them a heads up earlier that morning that everybody was going to set a goal. And uh, I think we've got a clip of some of the examples of the types of goals that people in the past have set. And it kind of gives an idea of some of the things that we do over the course of this weekend and the expectations we have for the youth. So let's listen to that. If you think about the sorts of things we're going to be doing, it doesn't all have to be mobility related. Maybe you've never used the stove before, or maybe you've never used the oven, or you've never chopped a vegetable, or used a sharp knife, or uh, it could be something about, I'm going to wake up on time and not have to be shaken awake. Uh, <laughs> Can I give an example? Yeah, please. Maybe you've never purchased something on your own in a store before. Mm -hmm. Or researched a route that you need to take. Yeah, or ordered your own food in a restaurant, or asked the server to read the menu to you, or... Used an escalator, or used a stove. Or asked for directions from a stranger. Yeah. You're all new to each other, making a new friend in this group. Yeah. Yep, could be that. So interesting, um, most of the youth, I think all except for one, came up with a mobility-based goal. And I thought I would share what some of those goals were because uh, it's kind of cool to hear what some of the youth maybe had never done before this weekend and wanted to try to do. So one of them wanted, his goal was to ask the bus driver to turn up the announcements if we couldn't hear them. And actually, many times we couldn't hear the announcements inside the bus. Um, in Vancouver, in Metro Vancouver, we are so fortunate to have buses that announce the stops. But if the volume isn't high enough, you can't hear it. And I, I have to give some credit. I don't know that the announcements were too quiet. I think, you know, 20 or so of us getting on board the bus chatting might have had something to do with why we couldn't hear the announcements because we were you know, kind of making quite a bit of noise ourselves, but they weren't loud enough. And so if you can't hear them, they're useless. So this youth school was to ask the driver to turn them up. We had somebody, another youth wanted to travel from point A to point B using all of his own resources independently. Um, somebody else wanted to figure out a route using Google Maps. They'd never done that before. Somebody else wanted to go to Starbucks by herself. Starbucks was beside the hotel. And so if you aren't familiar with the environment, that's very challenging or, or can be very challenging. Another youth wanted to take a bus feeling less nervous. Somebody else wanted to board the SkyTrain and find a seat independently. So 
just different examples of of some of the things that the youth wanted to try to do for them for themselves for the first time, which was awesome. Totally. And we'll come back to that later because uh, I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> you know, people were pretty good at achieving their goals. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> So on the second day, we had some more mobility challenges. And the first challenge was to find our way to the mall in New Westminster. And every time we had to travel somewhere, the youth were responsible for figuring out the best route to get there. And I think we have a clip of this. So after we get onto the bus, we're listening for 6th Avenue. And just to give us a sense, Ava, how many stops is it from New West Station to 6th Street? Just so Six we know steps. it's a long ride, yeah. short ride. Six stops. Six stops. Okay, if you brought it up, what's the whole route time? Like, how long is it saying it's going to take for us if we leave right now? Oh, sorry, Bridget, yeah. 30 minutes. Okay, 30 minutes. Excellent. Okay, so uh, once we reached uh, Royal City Center Mall, that's what it's called, right, Sean? Uh, yes. Yep, as the out-of-counter that I have. <laughs> uh, I have to double check. Um, once we reached there, uh, after we'd done our transiting for the morning, the morning segment of transiting, <laughs> um, we went in and we basically convened in the food court of the mall. And some of our volunteers actually last year had created this lovely tactile map of the mall um, because we did a very similar challenge last year. And... Um, so it's really neat because they use different tactile fabrics and some braille um, and it, it was just like, um, you know, a compass rose and it was all laid out like mall. So the youth were able to, you know, feel it and really acquaint themselves knowing that, that where they were located was the food court and then just kind of building up from there. So um, this, the challenge was that each of the groups, there was three groups and they had to all find different things and, um, in the mall. It actually helped us uh, with some cooking later actually, and um, as well as lunch. <laughs> and so there's actually a clip that we have um, of one of our volunteers kind of orienting them to the map and the youth kind of coming to to be acquainted with, um, with the layout of the mall before they headed out on their uh, challenges. And Alexis, is Walmart on the top? Is it on the is it on the outside of the mall or in the interior? Outside. Right, it's on the outside. So if we flip the map, I'm just going to turn the map so that we're kind of oh, in, so in right, the map yeah. right now. We have the map a little bit backwards, but that's all good. We've got Walmart. So Walmart, can someone, if, based on where on the map right now, can someone point to Walmart, the direction they think Walmart is in? Okay, so okay, so Margot is pointing over Xavier's head to where Sean Marshall is. Hello. <laughs> and Evan was pointing the direction that we came. What do others think? I think, think? it's, I think it's about based on the map. It's really, if you get it wrong, it's fine because you've just barely looked at it. This is here. Is this the corner? Is this the food court? Yes, it is. We're right. We're actually actually over here. Yeah, this is another store over here. Yeah. So the the, the big seating area. Um, there's um, right behind where Keisha and Sophia are standing. There's a great big open Hello. area with tables and chairs. That's the food court seating area. So if that's where we are. Yeah. Where's then, Walmart? And where's Walmart on the map? Or 
also. I would at least say uh, so. So? Okay, so, so now with all that information, on the count of three, let's do a Walmart point, okay? <laughs> all right, ready? One, two, three, point to Walmart. It's practically a flash mob. Everyone who's pointing is correct. Yeah. Walmart is, for some Up of us here. in front of us, for others it's behind us. It's in the ceiling. All right, wonderful. <laughs> now, they were purchasing ingredients for our dessert, and some of them had to find the fruit and veggie place to buy some fruit for a fruit salad, and some of them had to find a store where they could get some Oreos and chocolate pudding, and some of them had to find the white spot where we were headed for lunch. <laughs> so thank goodness they found all those places because would we would starved. That's right. <laughs> So let's talk about the food because that was another really big component of this program. On the Friday night, they all made dinner and we had, thankfully, one of our staff, Dougie, lives nearby and volunteered his kitchen. So some of the group went to Dougie's kitchen to make mac and cheese and the rest of the group stayed at the office to make a taco soup with Keisha. So... Keisha, what happened in the kitchen? <laughs> yeah, so it was super exciting. Basically, um, we all went into the kitchen and uh, sat everybody down and said, okay, guys, um, you, you know, you know your experience level. Let's see, like, what has everybody done before? Um, and actually, a surprising amount of youth had had done, um, you know, kitchen activities. Maybe not surprising. I don't, I don't know. And, uh, but one youth said that they had never used the stove before, um, and that they had actually never cooked before. And so I asked them, well, would you like to try, um, using the stove in the, you know, cause we have someone who can help you out and, and, uh, really support you as you have this experience. And the youth said that they would like to, and it was, it was super exciting because they, they got to, you know, cook the meat in the pot and they got to kind of the person that added the ingredients that the others chopped into the soup and stir it and then I think they were really proud of what they accomplished as they should have been and then the others in the group um we kind of all had different different jobs of uh, chopping and dicing and measuring different ingredients so everybody kind of it was kind of like well um what does everybody want to try and uh, you know a lot of choppy stuff, so everybody kind of had to use the knife and do do that sort of thing with the cutting boards and washing the veggies and all that sort of stuff. And um, and some of them, like I said, had done uh, some uh, fair bit of kitchen work before, and some of them hadn't. So uh, you know it was a case of for those who had less experience, giving them tips about you know how do you um, mince garlic without a garlic press because we didn't have one in the, in the kitchen uh, at the time. But it was like, you know, how do you peel the, the papery skin off the garlic? How do you um, cut onions with, you know, minimizing the amount of fumes in your eyes? Although, you know, that's kind of hard to do. Um, and just like, um, just kind of like answering those sorts of questions and making sure people were holding their knives right and not you know, making sure they felt comfortable and like they weren't scared they were gonna hurt themselves or anything. And um, and I think it was really, really good. Everybody seemed really excited once the product was made. Yeah, and it was delicious. <laughs> it was, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. It all turned out really great because it's a little risky getting a bunch of teenagers who haven't cooked before to make your dinner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was great. And then, oh yeah, and then there's another group in in the, the other room who were actually doing uh, veggie plates. Right, yeah. I, I wasn't there for that. How was that? Yeah, that was pretty good too. They they kind of got to choose which, you know, are you cutting celery or broccoli? And some of them got really artistic in how they in, in how they presented it on the plate. <laughs> so we were having fun and it was a pretty relaxed environment. Um, everybody kind of helping out and we produced a really awesome meal. So this is sounding like we make the youth work pretty hard, which I would say we do. There's a lot of learning. There's a lot of skill practice, but there's also a lot of laughter and a lot of fun. So, yeah, we also um, had an improv session that Dougie led us through and we and we had a games night and apples to apples is kind of uh, a favorite and a tradition. Keisha, I know you were interviewing people kind of individually throughout the weekend. I think some of those interviews happened on the bus or the SkyTrain, and I don't know if we were able to capture all of them. But I'm just curious if people talked about making friends and and that happening during this weekend, because I think that is also a really big component that is sort of like a side benefit. But we definitely see a lot of relationships forming and friendships building and I'm um, just wondered what your experience was and what you observed around that. It was very clear that friendships were forming throughout the weekend. Um, you know, most people, maybe they'd had a few interactions with each other virtually or maybe one or two in person, but really for the most part, the youth didn't know each other that well at all coming in. And it's always a little bit quiet at first when all the youth are in, you know, together in a room. And then it's just great seeing, you know, these friendships forming and then they're, you know, wanting to sit together and they're wanting to, and they're, they're cracking jokes and felt the unfilling stories and, um, you know, exchanging numbers or whatever. Um, and it's just, it, it's really, it's really exciting to see. It's the connection that we hope for when we do what we do. Um, so, and, and I remember as a youth, like, a lot of my really good friends within the blind community are from either summer camp or uh, blind beginnings youth leadership. And, you know, I, you just, you just really, you're, you're together, you're problem solving together, you're um, learning together and growing in this environment together. And it's, uh, it's a, it's just a great opportunity to become closer with each other. And, you know, I, I'm still really close with some of those friends that I made, you know, 10 years ago, uh, 11 years ago when I was at youth leadership. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, it's really, it's really one of the most valuable pieces I think to it all is just this, this ability to connect people. And, and I can speak too, as I always do about being a small town person who didn't always have those kind of connections. Um, and coming in and, and being able to, you know, meet people who are in similar contexts. So, yeah. yeah, I think that that community feel, I mean, you can hear it at the end of the weekend when we revisit the goals and, you know, people are accomplishing their goals and everybody is applauding them and cheering them on. And because they all recognize like 
I don't, I think when, when somebody's goal was to feel less anxious on the bus and I feel like almost half the group was like, yeah, me too. You know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very normal to feel anxious when you're blind and you're not used to taking a bus in a big city. And so like knowing that people can relate to your experience and they know how scary it is and that you've accomplished it and they're supporting you through that. It's pretty special. Yeah. Actually, you can hear that a lot. Yeah. It's funny, like, um, when we're kind of reviewing some of the recordings, like, you can kind of hear, like, people in the background as someone tells a story, and then you can hear, like, oh, yeah, like, I mm-hmm. I know how that feels. Like, yeah, it, it's so true. I think we have a clip of somebody talking about one of the goals that she had set for herself, which was to go to Starbucks by herself. And she's talking through what what that experience was like. And you can just, you can hear the support that you were just referring to. So let's listen to that. It was kind of similar to like, you know, doing the Starbucks goal thing this morning where I like asked the front desk lady where it was. And then I was out in the street kind of walking and I asked the lady passing by if I was near it. And then I walked inside and I winded myself on a bar that had no stools to identify that it was, it was like, it was just an open like chest level bar. Yeah with no stools under it, so my cane didn't catch it, so I just walked straight in and I'm just like, uh, <laughs> um, oh. And then there was also like, I wasn't, I was walking out the, the door and the guy at the counter was like, that's the entrance door. And I'm like, oh, could you tell me where the exit door is? And then the other guy like runs towards me and he's like, it's to the left. And he opens it and his arm's like in front of me. So I like walked into his arm. <laughs> it's really it's like limbo. It was a really limbo underneath pretty the Pretty awkward moment in my life, but just kind of trying to, to shrug it off more than yes. agonize over it like I typically would have. Uh, before we get to whether everyone achieved their goals or not, um, I think we've got a clip of that. I just wanted to talk a little bit about the amazing, amazing volunteers that we have that help out with this program every year. Um, Adam from PRCVI, uh, Sophia, who's a vision teacher in the Kootenays, Kim Zebahazy has been a, a helper and a supporter for many, many years, um, both on the board and helping with youth leadership weekends and uh, family camps. And Deborah Legg, the last two years, has also been helping out. She's a mobility instructor for the Vancouver School Board. And I don't, we definitely could not do this without them. Their expertise, uh, their patience, their passion is so appreciated. And it just, I don't know, I just feel, I I really felt this year at the end of the program that we had just nailed it. We've we've got the right formula. We've got the right team, got the right people. it just rocked so, so much. So I just want to say thank you to those volunteers because we definitely need their help too. And sometimes it's vision teachers bringing students to the program. Sometimes parents aren't very comfortable sending their youth off to the city for a weekend. But if the vision teacher is coming along to help out, then, you know, the parent feels more comfortable. So I know some of the youth from the Kootenays have have come because... Sophia has supported them and and come with them. So we really appreciate you, vision people. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back and listen to uh, whether the youth achieved their goals. In the order that they came to be, Evan, ask the bus driver to turn up the announcement. If it's quiet, we all witness that. Woo! 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 
those. You also had a goal of taking a picture of the menu to read it yourself. Did you do that? Yes, I did. I have proof. Yes. You have proof. Sorry. You got a picture. <laughs> awesome. Okay. Next up, Tom. Travel independently from point A to B using all your resources. So we talked about this could be like in the hotel, going from your room to the, kit, the dining breakfast. Yeah, I, I, I've done that. You did that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Easy, <laughs> done. Okay, done. Yeah. Yeah. Make it look easy, guys. All right, Ava, figure out how to get somewhere using Google Maps. Have you done that? Yes. Yes. And I also, I also, we're not done. Ultra applause. I also asked uh, one of the people at SFU for about one of the questions for the scavenger hunt. Nice. Oh, good. Margo, going to Starbucks by yourself. Yeah, that happened. Is it? Uh, Julie, take a bus feeling less nervous. Yeah? Yeah? yeah. yeah. All right. You feeling less nervous? Do you feel like you could, you're like a bus pro now? <laughs> Not yet. No. It takes time. There? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. You're on your way. That's great. Did you capture any feedback from the youth about how this experience was for them? Yeah, I was able to um, at, during the weekend itself, like at the end on the Sunday, kind of go around and and ask you know youth, kind of what it was what it was like. What was like a highlight for you of this experience? Um, probably when um, the whole bus clapped for me when I accomplished my goal um, yesterday. That was. Um, I didn't actually think of that one, and then someone on the youth leadership team this weekend reminded me of it. And I was like, oh yeah, that would be, it. that actually is probably one of my highlights. So yeah. it was something else, which I can't remember, but that actually takes the cake. Did it, uh, that's super cool. So you felt proud in that moment? Oh yeah, because it wasn't just uh, the youth leaders and you know the staff of Blind Beginnings. It was some strangers who were on the bus as well. So. True, you, you were impressive in your- He actually had to ask three times. The driver wasn't responding and maybe he was nodding. I don't know, but he was not audibly responding. And so the youth had to keep asking him. And eventually he finally did turn up the volume and everyone on the bus clapped. Including and I asked- those, Yeah, including like just public- just the, the passengers. Yeah. Yeah, everyone clapped. And I heard him telling his parents about that when they picked him up on Sunday. So that was like a really proud moment for him. Not only did he achieve his goal, but also the whole, you know, everyone clapping for him was was really like empowering and validating. So, um, yeah, that was just one of my favorite moments of the weekend. But we actually got a note from his mom with some positive feedback as well. Yeah, so I'm happy to read a little bit about what she had to say, actually. Um, it's very lovely. Uh, the youth leadership was a success. Youth's name, who I'll keep out of this, enjoyed this valuable opportunity to step out into the unknown and learn new skills. He has more confidence in becoming an independent youth. Please continue this program as it has a powerful impact. Keep up this important work. Yay! <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. 
And we got a letter from another parent who actually was able to participate in the weekend. Normally, parents don't attend, but um, we made a special exception this time because um, the youth had some additional mobility challenges as well. And we figured she would need, we knew she would need some extra support. So her mom came to support her. So she was able to witness kind of something that most parents don't get to see and was very appreciative of of what she saw and sent us a lovely letter as well. Maybe we can uh, just sort of pick a, a paragraph or something from that, Keisha. I mean, it's hard to pick, <laughs> but, but I'll, I'll do my best. So it was truly an honor to witness such growth, confidence, and heart-filled moments. The day the whole bus appeared, each student had their journey and to see each one of them reach their goal, find their courage, confidence, overcome their fears, find their voices, and find out more about themselves was truly immeasurable. <laughs> yeah, it was. And it was super, super amazing. But basically, overall, the youth were really, they felt like they had really accomplished really cool um, stuff and, and achieving their goals and doing um, traveling independently. And and you really saw that, too, when when we were like out and about, like, you know, youth were really trying to to navigate independently or you know, trying to step out of their comfort zone. And it was it was really exciting to see. And some of the youth, you know, who had come from outside of the city, I spoke to them and they were they were excited they had been able to kind of explore these different city transit options. And um for some of the youth who are looking at going to university, it was really exciting for them to um or going looking at going to university next couple of years. So we did have a range of ages. Um, they were really excited to kind of experience a campus um, and, you know, a, a bigger campus too, being that it's SFU. And uh, and youth just, it, there was really an overwhelmingly positive response to how their experience was in the weekend. And people were smiling. People were really enjoying themselves, I think. So what's next for these youth leaders? Um, now they, well, actually already after the virtual component, they get um, invited to start volunteering within Blind Beginnings so they can be co-hosts on the podcast. They can write blog articles for our blog. They can help out with our Kids Connect program or um, volunteer at camps, things like that. So you might hear some new voices from some of our... I completely second John's words here um, and you can absolutely reach out to me if you're interested in more details uh, to Keisha at blindbeginnings.ca <laughs> Alright I hope you've enjoyed this special episode. You've been listening to Limitless, the Blind Beginnings podcast. If you have a question a comment, a future topic request please send us an email to limitless at blindbeginnings.ca Please share our podcast like, subscribe, leave us a rating and join us next time This podcast has been brought to you by Blind Beginnings, an organization based in Vancouver, Canada, that supports children and youth who are blind or partially sighted, along with their families. Music for this podcast is composed by Sean Bishop and Clement Chow. Production and audio editing by Rob Minot. For more information about Blind Beginnings and the work it does to support children and youth who are blind and partially sighted, along with their families, visit us on the web at www.blindbeginnings.ca. And also remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We thank you for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you next time.